All right, glad y'all are here. Uh, my name is David, and I'm the pastor here at Stonebridge. If you were visiting with us this morning in person, we're so glad that you're here, and we'd love the chance to say hello to you. Matt Nelson, our adult discipleship pastor, will be at the front doors as you're leaving. Please stop by, say hello to him, and give him an opportunity to say hello to you and answer any questions you may have about the church. Those of you who are joining us online, we're really glad that y'all are uh, tuning in as well, and we hope you're able to connect with the Lord uh, through this service. A special day for us. David Scott is here to share. I asked him to come back. Many of you know David. He was our student pastor for seven years. And uh, two years ago, uh, he launched Highlands Church, or it was announced. Uh, he said it was today, right? Two years ago today that we announced that Highlands would be launched. And he and his team have been uh, working at that church for the last probably year and a half or so. And I asked him to come back for a couple of reasons. One, planting a church is a really big deal, and we want to celebrate what God has done in and through Highlands. It's a big deal for, for David and the team that left with him, and it's a big deal for us as a sending church. And so we want to just enjoy what God has done. Uh, the second thing is Highlands and Stonebridge aren't the same. There's some things that are distinctive about Highlands, and there's some things that we can learn from them. And so that's some of what David's going to share today, some of the distinctive flavor of what it means for them to engage in the community. And so I'm hoping that we'll be uh, challenged and encouraged by that. Uh, third thing, and I really want you like lock in if you're online, if you're here. We're praying for three to five families who will shift from Stonebridge to Highlands. I believe there's some of us who God will call to Highlands as our home church. And so I want, as David's sharing, I want you listening through that lens. Is the, is the, is the Lord stirring you uh, to do that? And I, we want you to do that. Like you're not being disloyal to me or to Stonebridge. Uh, by moving towards Highlands. That's what we want. We want to support what God is doing in our community, and that's one of the things. And then the fourth, and this also, I want you just listening through this grid. Uh, we would love to uh, begin the process of planting our next church in 2021, and so we need someone who wants to do that. And so we're, I'm just trusting that as David shares, God will be speaking to someone, either again online or here in the room, that that's their, that's their calling is to plant the next church uh, through Stonebridge. So really glad that he's here. I want y'all just to pray with me as we prepare our hearts for what the Lord wants to say to us this morning. God, we're thankful for Highlands. We're thankful for the way you established that church here in this city during a pandemic year with all of the challenges that that brought. We're thankful that you've seen them through. We're thankful for the foundation that's been laid. Uh, we're thankful for the work that they've already begun to do in the community, serving uh, with, part, with uh, Lockheed Elementary, uh, serving uh, food, feeding, helping feed so many people over the course of the pandemic, the work that they're doing on the square. We're really thankful uh, for the way they're making you known in our city. And so, God, I pray that as David shares, one, that you would make a deposit into us as Stonebridge, that you would challenge and encourage us by their unique way of being the body. I pray that you would also speak. I pray that you would call a handful of families from this church to connect in with Highlands. And, God, we also ask for that next church planter and that you would be stirring uh, his or her heart towards that calling. We ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. My name is David. I am not the pastor here. Um, if you're in middle school, we can release you to go where you go. They just said release middle school, which sounds like one of the scariest phrases to ever put <laughs> on a note card. 
If you're with us online, uh, welcome. I hope I'm tall enough for you to see. Uh, yeah, my name is David Scott. Uh, it's um, two, been two years since we publicly announced we were going to launch Highlands, and it's a year ago tomorrow uh, we opened our doors for our first Sunday morning service, and what a year that would end up being uh, for all of us. Um, but Stonebridge, for me, is in many ways home um, and coming home. Uh, in my adult life, I traveled a lot. Um, I've lived in Marietta longer than I've lived anywhere, and, and Stonebridge... Um, was such a home for me in terms of, of learning about life, about family, about pastoring a church. Um, there's, there's, a, there, there's so much good and, and so much I'm thankful for. One of the questions I get asked a lot is, do you miss your old job? And generally what I tell people is I love what I'm doing right now, but, but I do miss my friends. I miss, I miss seeing them. Um, I miss when Bo would pick me up and put me on his shoulder when I couldn't reach something I miss when David would not fire me after I made a joke I probably shouldn't have made. Um, It's the little things. I miss all those things. Um, And I miss y'all. And it's so good to see so many of y'all today. Um, If you have a Bible, you can open it up to to Matthew chapter 5. I'm just going to read in there briefly, starting in verse 13. It's a passage that you're probably familiar with. This is Jesus early in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, He has just gone through what we call the Beatitudes. That's the blessed uh, sort of refrains that you hear in that. And now he's he's moving on and he's sort of saying to his disciples, um, if you recognize this, then this. And, And starting in verse 13, he says this to them. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So I'm the pastor at Highlands Church. David said we're kind of different. We are kind of different. That's a nice way maybe sometimes of saying uh, that. What makes us different? Um, I think you guys, uh, if if you know anything about me, um, my my whole, again, adult life and and pretty much my whole what I would call my Christian life has been spent engaging in and living in and serving uh, the church. And I love church. I love it. I love worshiping with y'all. I love looking at the scriptures. I, I love, I love so much about it. Um, and, and a lot of you are like that. Um, but a lot of you are also like me in that most of my friends have a huge distrust for the church. I have a lot of friends, um, in my life that I've made through the years for whatever reason that don't love the church, um, and distrust the church and are suspicious of the church and, and are incredibly critical uh, of the church. And, and when we were looking to plant Highlands, basically what we said is we want to live in the space between that. We want to live in, as, as a bridge between those two groups of people, that, that we see places that are, that are really thriving for people who love church, and then we see places that are honestly really committed to people um, who distrust church, but, but we believe that those two things um, could exist in a healthy way, in a different way maybe in our community. Um, if somebody just decided we are going to walk between those two things. And so that makes us look different. And, and I'll share a little bit about that today, but kind of in an overview, part of the way that makes us look different is that it, at least half and a lot of times two-thirds 
of us, of Highlands, is committed to things outside of our walls. Uh, today, this morning, right now, our people are meeting out in the parking lot uh, with people who would call themselves part of Highlands and the people who would not, and, and they are committed to something that we call on four Sundays. We say, we call it our service is service, and we call it that because I can't name anything. It's, I have no idea how to name things, and, and basically what we wanted this to be was saying that our worship service is at times an act of service to the community. And so we gather people together and we say, we're going to do something during our regular service time. We're going to leverage Sundays as a way to, to show the community um, how our service pours out into the community. And so actually this week, we're packing lunches for the Table on Delk. Um, so Tina, wave to everybody. If you don't know about the Table on Delk, you, you need to. Um, you guys support it, whether you knew it or not, um, and you need to know about it. You should talk to Tina, talk to Scott. Um, it's an incredible ministry. Uh, in our community. And so, so that's, that's what we're doing today. And so that's, that's some of what makes us different. And, and when you're that kind of church, uh, one of the things that happens is that you make relationships with a lot of people who feel comfortable being incredibly critical uh, about the church. And, and those are sometimes also people that love the church. And so, so this past week, knowing that I was going to come speak to you guys, I kind of tried to pull some greatest hits out. And I asked some friends of mine, I said, what do you think? What's going on? What's wrong uh, with the church? And, and, and these are some of the things that I heard people say. Uh, this week. One person said, the church is conformed to the patterns of this world. It's weak. It's not courageous. It's not willing to face and usher in truth, especially on cultural issues. You good? Take a breath. All right, we're going to keep going. The, the second person that I talked to said this. They said, people now view the church as elitist, irrelevant, part of the segregation problem, and, and they'd rather privately work on their relationship with God with whatever community they pick to be with week to week, except their kids. Everybody wants to send their kids to church, but not themselves. Another person just asked me this, and I don't know how to respond to things. I don't know if you could ask things like this, but I just don't know how to respond to things. They said, why are Christians supposed to hate universal health care? I didn't have an answer. I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't, I shrugged. Um, a, another friend said, the global church has become irrelevant in the world. We've lost our influence in all parts of society, politics, entertainment, and other areas of life. And then the thing that I think is, is sitting with me as much as anything else was that one friend just simply said one sentence. This is what they said. The church has become the center of its own affection. And, and these are people from every walk of life. These are people that voted every which way you could imagine in this past election. So don't think that they're just with a certain type or group. The one thing that unites all the people that I asked this question is that they're engaged in the church and our community. So they aren't people that are throwing grenades from outside. These are people that are invested heart, mind, and soul in the church, in this community. And I don't know if those people think a lot about this passage from Matthew. I don't know if they could quote it or find it. But, but one thing is certain. They know that the church is supposed to be God's vehicle for mission in the world. They know that we're supposed to be salt and light. And they also know that we're in serious danger of losing our saltiness and of hiding our light. So some of these folks and others express fear to me that it's already over. It's done. The salt of the church in our community is gone. And some of them say maybe future generations will pick up the pieces, but they're fast losing hope in this church, in this day, in our community. And they're not that dissimilar 
from Jesus' audience for the Sermon on the Mount. See, those were people that had been told their whole lives that God's people, Israel, were going to change things. That God was going to use his people to usher in freedom from oppression, to bring new life, to be an example to the world. And Jesus' audience had been let down again and again. Theologian N.T. Wright says about this passage, what Jesus says here can now be applied to all Christians, but its original meaning was a challenge to Jesus' own contemporaries. God had called Israel to be the salt of the earth, but Israel was behaving like everybody else, listen to this, with its power politics, its factional squabbles, its militant revolutions. How could God keep the world from going bad if Israel, the salt, had lost its saltiness? Israel was whom God intended to shine his light through to enable people who were blundering around in the dark to find their way. But what if the people called to be light bearers have become part of the darkness? Based on the Beatitudes, this audience in particular is one that the religious establishment had let down and marginalized. And Jesus steps in and says to that frustrated, tired, hope-faltering group of people, guess what? You're the rescue plan. And he says, this is how it's going to happen. First, you're going to re-understand what abundant life looks like. That's the Beatitudes, right? It's, it's so profound. This word blessed means, means the best of life. You have the most good life if this is you. Poor, mourning, meek, hungry, merciful, pure, peacemakers. Jesus said that's the mark of abundant people in the kingdom. And he says when you begin to embrace that, when you begin to embrace the kingdom value over self, then he says you, and he doesn't just look at one person, and he doesn't just say you as individuals. He says you collectively, you, this city. I know the NIV says town, but, but the Greek word is polis, and you, and you can see how that connects to our word for city. Right? And, and, and it means, it means the, the place, the, the community of people. He says, you, this heavenly Jerusalem that you were supposed to be, this visible capital in the heavenly kingdom, the inhabitants of a city that's going to come down to earth after God renovates the entire world. You, citizens of that city, he says, you're a collective representation of light to people that are wandering below, looking for refuge out of the ditches and the darkness. You're a preservative, he says, to keep the world from decaying. And he says, it's not just so you can pat yourselves on the back. And it's not just so people will like you and say, look at the good that they're doing in the community. He says, no, you're that because what I want to happen is I want people to experience your good deeds, right? The word for good in Greek is, is kalos, and it means all kinds of things. It's, is, is it going to come up? Yeah, you just pick one of those. They're all awesome, right? My, my favorite one is that he says, your deeds that are excellent in their nature and therefore well adapted 
to what they were made for, your deeds that affect the mind and make it say, this is good, those deeds, people are going to experience those. And and what are they going to do? When they experience those from a community of people planted as a city on a hill, Lauren Winter translates it this way. She says, those people are going to see creation at its fullest. See, your devotion to God, and then they're going to turn and praise your Father in heaven because of it. Then the rest of the Sermon on the Mount lays out how that is supposed to play out in our lives. And I would encourage you guys to, to look at that and look at it in light of that. God said, that's, this is how that's going to look and that's how it's going to be a city and a light and salt. Tim Keller calls it counterculture for the common good. He says, it's the abandonment of self-righteousness and offense and the fear of being viewed as different that makes us counterculture for the common good. That's the space we're trying to live in at Highlands. Highlands has four guiding values. I couldn't call them anchors because I know David would never let me hear the end of it. But it's this one, to be a city on a hill, that I think defines our specific mission to the Marietta community. I'm going to tell you guys, I didn't want to plant a church. It took me five years to be talked into it. The reason I didn't want to plant a church is because I was at the best church in Marietta, honestly. And I was, I was never going to be able to have that. But it was realizing this value that confirmed in my heart that there was something that I had to do. And so we live in this tension. And so many times people ask me, why not just focus on one of those circles? Why not just be a good church? You could be a good church. And some people say, well, why don't you just make this a mission so you don't have to do all of that other stuff? And the reason that that we don't do that is that we, like what Christopher Wright said, we don't believe that it's that God's church has missions. We believe that God's mission has a church. And that too often in our community and in the world, we have bifurcated church and mission. And people see that, and that's why they say things like my friend said, the church has become the center of its own affection. And and people in our community, they they need to see us being something different. All of us, salt that actually staves off the decay of what we see happening in our society rather than contributing to it. A light, a city, a hope as they walk through ditches in darkness that we could all be something better than what we're experiencing. All of us at our origin are conceived as reflections of God. That is the purpose of humanity from the beginning, Adam and Eve. And, And early in my life of faith, someone told me that reflecting means people, if they cannot see the God that I follow, they should be able to see my life and say, well, if that God's real, then that's how he would treat me. For example, if I'm trustworthy, they can believe I got the God I follow, if he's real, is also trustworthy. But if I'm unreliable, the same can be said for the God I follow. I hate it when I learned that. Hated it. Because it means almost everything I do is filled with sacred meaning. Not because of me, but because of my claim to follow Jesus. It means when I make decisions for Highlands, I'm expressing to the community how I believe God would behave. 
And when I make decisions for my family, my finances, and my opportunities, I'm expressing to the community how they can trust my God would behave in those areas. Whatever you think about the current time, it's a significant moment for the church in Marietta. I believe that at my core. I'm hearing people question more than ever if the God the church follows is really the Jesus described in the Bible. And and on one side of the issue, you have people who shout that the church has nothing to do with holy, righteous behavior anymore. They say the God of the church is swayed by whatever is the latest, newest trend. They say we're no longer a counterculture, and they look at the church and they wonder if we could really be a voice of change in the world when we just seem to fall in line with culture. And on the other side, or another side, there's a group of people that are convinced the God of the church is comfort, selfishness, self-interest, materialism, nationalism, greed. And those are the only things that, that I'm brave enough to mention. And those people see nothing of the Jesus who was close to and fought for the marginalized, the poor, the racially discriminated against, and the oppressed. And those people say the church has lost its commitment to the common good. And here's the thing I'm learning. They're both right. They're all right. There's a big gap between the God the church proclaims to follow and the God people in our community most often see. There's also a big opportunity. I don't know if it's ever been bigger. A while back, I was talking with a friend and they posed this question. They said, how are we to fight against this false picture of the church in our community? And those words just hung. If you can imagine me being at a loss for words. It seemed like an eternity in my mind. Here's my only answer. We change the definition of church in our community. It's a big piece of the Highlands mission. It's why we do weird things and live in that between space. It's why we'll take a Sunday and and we'll ask people to meet out in a parking lot and make sandwiches and we say, yeah, that's worship. It's why we sponsor trivia at a local pub. It's why we don't do small groups, honestly, because what we want our people to do, we try to leverage Sunday so that our people will build almost small churches in the community for people who are so distrustful of church, they won't go to anything called church. But it's also why we've been able to accomplish some incredible things. David mentioned our work with Lockheed. We're, we're not, we're, we're, some of you were smaller than your families. I've seen them. And we're filling up these clothes closets and these food pantries. We, we, during the pandemic, we actually planted two food banks in the community. I don't know how. We, we, we've been asked to lead meetings that I've been sitting in and thinking, do they know who we are or what we're doing? Because we don't. But those are the opportunities we've had. Because we've just been willing to say, we're this. We're the church in the community. We're not the only one, but we're a little bit of a growing upstart of a church. And we're one that's, that's willing to mess with Sundays. Not so we can be cool or interesting, trust me. But to subvert those false images that our community sees. We're a church that has refused to become uniform in our makeup, in our politics, 
and at times our theological thinking because we know we must be counterculture for the common good. We're a church that will make and admit mistakes publicly because we're leaning forward into the image of God and towards making a difference because we know that we can't just hide out of fear anymore. And we're a church that's going to challenge idols and we're going to call and expect people to do the same. I, I think to be a part of the church is to be that, but, but I can definitely tell you to be a part of Highlands is to be a part of that church, to be the church outside the walls to build subversive, Jesus-centered moments in your life, your work, and your family, and to be known for the transformative way you love each other and you love those that are nothing like you and may never be like you. To be salt and light that stand against decay and darkness. To be a city on a hill. And so for, for a few of you, I, I echo what David said as I prayed for you this week. I do think that there's a few of you, either families or individuals, that you need to come along with us. You need to come along with Highlands. We need you for sure. But there's also something in you that is you, you listen to this. You know those moments. You might say it's your gut. I would say it's the Holy Spirit where you're like this, what you're talking about. There, there's something in me that just wants to lean out over the edge onto this and believe that it could happen. This puts a peace in place for you. And I, we would love to have you join us in mission. Now, there are some of you that think that that's the same thing as I'm mad at Stonebridge for something, and this is how I get out. And I want to tell you, if you're mad at Stonebridge for something, you don't want to come to us because in about a month, you're going to be mad at us for like six things. Because whatever Stonebridge isn't doing well for you, you're going to find six more that we're really not doing well. Stonebridge is really good at this, really good at this. I'm, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke. I've seen and heard about churches. I, I told David just the other day, I, I don't know what I would do without the example of Stonebridge. I would probably distrust the church. And so if you're mad, if you're here and you're like, well, I don't like this, the thing that I want to encourage you to do with the few minutes I have left is to focus on the city part of being a city on a hill. Cities are diverse. They have to be in order to thrive. And, and we will only find our purpose, we'll only represent our faith, we'll only really bear fruit and steward our community when we as churches and, these, and the church work together diversely and collectively. Not, not to mix metaphors on you or jump, but, but that's what it means to be a body, arms, legs, head, feet, right? We're made in God's image. We are the body of Christ. Diversity of look, thought, and skill is our strength. It's not our weakness. We have to stop demanding uniformity and start gathering in the best of everything. We don't have to agree. We do have to stay connected. People want to join that. Look at the frustration and confusion that exists in our community around the inability to unify in a diversity of thought. It forces people into corners of ideology. It breeds the extremism, both in Christianity and in the world, that are holding people currently in disbelief, cynicism, and fear. Most people want an alternative, and they can't find it. And they're starting to believe that it can't be found anywhere. That's the opportunity for us. 
Stonebridge, Highlands, the church, and our city. We have to believe not only that it can be found, but it must be found, and it must be found by the church. We must wade through our differences and view them as strengths rather than problems to be fixed. That is being a city on a hill in our culture. For those of you who are Stonebridge through and through, but you're like, this sounds kind of interesting. Come check out one of our four Sundays, service to service. I would love for you to be there. Bring friends. Bring friends who don't like church. That's, it's a really easy invite. Everybody wants to feel like they did something good for an hour. And then figure out how you're going to reproduce that in your home, your workplace, or your neighborhood. It's a lot easier than you think, I promise. Like I said, sometimes we're smaller than your families. And, and some of you are so happy for me. You're so happy for Highlands. You're so proud of us as a plant at Stonebridge. But, but none of that. This is you, and, and this is who you are, and this is Sundays, and this is life. And that's good. It's not just fine. It's good. And I would say that if you want to support us, think about us like Stonebridge missionaries. Only instead of going to Turkey or Bosnia, we're going to parts of Marietta that aren't reached by the church right now. And, and we need your support. Over around two-thirds of our people either weren't attending church regularly before Highlands or they've never attended church. Most of the people with whom we work have two things in common. They distrust church and they distrust churches that ask for money. And your prayer and your giving help us tear down those walls with those people. Here's something specific you could pray for right now. We found out about a week ago that we're going to have to move out of our space that we're currently in wasn't our fault. We pay our rent. I said, David taught me that early on. They just, somebody bought the building that we're in and they've decided they want to do something else with it. They want to turn it into a bunch of offices. And so we don't fit what they want. And so we're looking around. Um, we have to be out by May 31st. We, uh, we had an opportunity yesterday. I actually looked at a place yesterday that's in an underserved part of our community, I would say. And it is a potential opportunity, but it would stretch us financially out of our current budget. And so if you want to pray about that, um, we, we would really appreciate that. Finally, um, I, I, want, I want to say to you guys this. This isn't an ad for Highlands. If you want to talk about Highlands, I'm going to be out there afterwards. David wanted me to tell you guys if you want to give, um, you can give online through Stonebridge. There's a drop down um, there. But, but I hope that's not all this was for you. I hope that it's a reminder of who we are, of who we all are. No matter your age, your race, your gender, your political leanings, your socioeconomic status, your church. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is who you are. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Not you should be, not it would be nice, not if you work really hard, you can be. He looked at all of us. He looked at us and said, guess what? You're the plan. How did he know? How could he do that with confidence? The only reason he could do it with confidence is because he knows he's the light of the world. He knows that that's what it is. Is that he's the light of the world. And because of him, the same spirit that shined light through him when we commit our lives to him shines lights through us. It's a gift of grace. It is not a new burden of trying to make God like you or approve of you. God's kingdom coming, God's spirit filling is about so much more 
than how good we're doing with our personal problems. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. We can't escape it. We can either embrace it or we can bury it. We are here to kill giants that oppress our community. Our community is stuck in the deep ditches of political partisanship, of ideological division, of single-issue Christianity. Our community is disillusioned with a professional version of church that is its own affection, that's full of rock stars and spectators. These ditches aren't true to our origin, and they're not true to God's promise to us that exists in Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit. We have an opportunity, and we have a responsibility. And our response to these will not, it cannot be hidden. People are going to decide someday to talk about what our lives meant. They're going to decide to talk about what this church meant. They're going to decide to talk about what Highlands meant to the community. And what are they going to say? Their story is going to be the result of how we answer our calling to be a light and a city on a hill. I'm going to pray for us. There's a couple of questions that I have that I would encourage you to just think on and ponder. Can you bring those up real quick? Just think about these. Use them as discussion on the way home. If you're online, as you turn this off, use them as maybe a starting off conversation point as you have lunch together. Or just ponder them this week. Because again, this is supposed to be this. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for letting us be a part of your plan. God, thank you for being willing to be inefficient. God, when we look at the world, it's just, it's, it's too much. And it's just easier to be mad or critical or lose hope or kick the can down the road. But God, I know that when I do that, I miss out on my destiny. I miss out on my purpose. And so I pray for us, God, that you would renew our hearts, that we would not lose heart, that we would not lose our saltiness, that we would not hide our light, but that we would be a city on a hill in Marietta. I ask all this in Jesus' name, amen.